The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. Here's the news. The annual conference of the Boao Forum for Asia has wrapped up in China's island province of Hainan. Since 2002, the Boao Forum for Asia has hosted an annual conference for leaders from government, business, and academia in Asia and other continents to discuss the most pressing issues in the region and the world. This year's event has attracted participants from over 50 countries and regions, including the prime ministers of Singapore, Malaysia, Spain, and Cote d'Ivoire, as well as the head of the International Monetary Fund. The theme this year is An Uncertain World. Solidarity and Cooperation for Development and Challenges, which reflects the shared aspiration of the international community for peace, cooperation, and development amid complex changes in global and regional circumstances. Topics discussed at the forum ranged from development and inclusiveness. Efficiency and security, promoting the digital economy to women leadership, and a better education for the next generation. It's the first time the forum has fully resumed offline meetings since the COVID 19 pandemic began. It also featured environmentally friendly services. Organizers said all vehicles serving the forum run on new energy, and clean energy resources generated all power supplying the event. This is Special English. A new nuclear power unit using Hualong 1, a domestically designed Third generation nuclear reactor has been put into operation in South China's Guangxi Zhuang Autonomous Region, paving the way for commercial operation. With the operation of the number three unit of the Fangchenggang Nuclear Power Station in the port city of Fangchenggang. The China General Nuclear Power Corporation currently has 27 nuclear power units in operation, with an installed capacity of more than 30.56 million kilowatts. Mei Jun, chairman of Guangxi Fangchenggang Nuclear Power Company, Said the operation of the number three unit further verified the safety and maturity of the Hualong One technology. May said the project will significantly promote economic and social development 
and green transformation in Guangxi as the region is building a coastal clean power supply base. The Fengchenggang Nuclear Power Project will have six nuclear power units in total. It is estimated that after the first and second phases of the Fengchenggang Nuclear Power Project are completed, the annual power generation can meet 5.87 million people's annual demand for power while reducing the consumption of standard coal by over 10.4 million tons and cutting the carbon dioxide emission by about 28.56 million tons every year. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reid in Beijing. China's first large domestically made cruise ship is scheduled to be delivered to its user around the end of this year. According to Chen Gang, general manager of Shanghai Wai Gao Chiao Shipbuilding and chief designer of the cruise ship, 90% of the cruise ship's construction has so far been completed. Engineers have begun installing inner equipment and decoration and fine-tuned devices already mounted. They plan to move the vessel out of the dry dock in June to continue the outfitting process. Chun added that after the construction finishes, there will be at least two sea trials in the summer to test the vessel's overall capability and its subsystems, and also to check whether the rooms and entertainment facilities are comfortable. China State Shipbuilding Corporation, or CSSC, a state-owned conglomerate and the world's largest shipbuilder, signed a cooperation agreement on the design and construction of two 135,500 metric ton Vista-class cruise ships with Carnival Corp and Fincantieri in November 2018. Carnival is the world's largest leisure travel company, while Fincantieri, an Italian company, is one of the world's largest cruise ship makers. According to the agreement, CSSC will work with Fincanteri to design the ships, which will be built based on the Chinese market's requirements and Chinese tourists' needs. The project marks the first time China has built a large advanced cruise ship on its own. The first of the colossal cruise liners will be 323.6 meters long, 37.2 meters wide, and 72 meters tall, roughly the height of a 25-story residential building. It will be powered by five diesel generators and driven by two electric thrusters. 
the gigantic craft will have a cruising speed of 33 kilometers per hour and a maximum speed of about 42 kilometers per hour. There will be 16 stories of living, shopping, and entertainment space that will offer musical performances, art shows, and a wide variety of food options. The vessel will have over 2,000 passenger rooms capable of accommodating over 5,000 tourists. There will also be nearly 700 rooms for the crew. Construction of the first cruise ship, which has yet to be named, started at the shipyard in October 2019. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. China has recently discovered a huge gold deposit with a reserve of nearly 50 tons, which can be sold for around 3 billion US dollars at the current market price. The deposit is located in rural Rushan City in eastern China's Shandong province. According to the province's Mineral Resource Authority, the deposit covers a large area and the ores are easy to mine and dress. Shandong Province is rich in gold resources with a larger production than any other provincial area across China for the past four decades. Zhou Mingling from Shandong Provincial Bureau of Geology and Mineral Resources said the prospectors drilled more than 250 holes as deep as 1,400 meters to find the deposit. A government evaluation found that the deposit can produce. 2,000 tons of gold ores for at least 20 years. This is Special English. The strong wind was howling and whistling. He was the first Chinese citizen to graduate from Yale University in the mid 19th century. I was born on the 17th of November. She had prominent features. Three of us were old enough to lend a helping hand. He navigated between two vastly different cultures and moved further to realize his dream and promote understanding between the people of China and the United States. Ye Mingxing was a native of Hamyang. I realized no danger. China is really awakening. Come and join us in discovering the incredible journey of Yong Wang in his autobiography, My Life in China and America. Check out the Audible stories on radio.cgtn.com and all major podcast platforms. Just search for the podcast Books and Beyond and find My Life in China and America. Are you one of the many looking to improve your English language skills by watching films or TV shows but feel it's too fast or get lost in the words? Well, slow things down with special English. Where you can polish your reading, listening, and pronunciation at your own pace. Get caught up with current news and international affairs while getting your daily English lesson with us. 
Find us on Apple Podcast by searching for Special English. Two thirds of the world's population will continue to live in water insecurity well beyond 2030 if radical measures are not taken. That's according to UN Global Water Security Assessment Report, released during the UN 2023 Water Conference, recently held at the UN headquarters in New York. The report warns that the world is far from achieving the sustainable development goal that aims to ensure all people have access to clean water and sanitation. Charlotte McAllister, the report's lead author and senior water researcher at the UN, said, "Without water security." Countries are simply incapable of supporting freshwater ecosystems, livelihoods, and human well-being. This global assessment highlights significant developmental challenges that policy discussions should center on in the seven years left to fulfill sustainable development goals set to realize in 2030. To provide a more realistic understanding of the water security status around the world, this UN report evaluated water security on ten components or dimensions, including drinking water, sanitation, good health, and water quality, among others. The results are worrying. 78% of the global population, or about 6.1 billion people, presently live in water-insecure countries. The global assessment's key findings also indicate that a total of 23 countries, 16 least developed countries, and seven small island developing states. Are critically water insecure, and almost 31 percent of people in the 54 African countries do not have access to a basic drinking water service. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres urged governments to develop and implement plans that ensure. Equitable water access for all people while conserving this precious resource. This is special English. Shanghai is known as a highly urbanized mega city that is home to futuristic skyscrapers. But behind this modern facade lies a growing movement that harkens back. To its past, in recent years, shared vegetable plots have been sprouting in the city's suburban districts of Minhang, Baoshan, and Qingpu as more white-collar workers turn to farming to unwind and escape the pressures of city life. Among these individuals is Yang Rui, who on weekends. 
drives his family from their home in downtown Shanghai to the All Happy City, a shared ecological farm in Minhang, where he has rented a 20 square meter vegetable plot for 1600 yuan, or a little over 230 US dollars per year. The family tends radish, lettuce, and other vegetables they have planted. When they aren't around during the week, professionals take over the reins and perform whatever chores are needed. This farm has about 200 members, some of whom even rear chickens and ducks. Founded by Chun Yo Gui in October, The shared farm spans about 13.33 hectares and comes with shared vegetable plots, barbecue pits, and leisure areas. The rental fees of farming plots can range from 199 yuan for a 5 square meter plot for 6 months to more than 10,000 yuan. Depending on the size and services provided. According to Chun, the monitoring system covering the entire farmland allows members to view their vegetables and fields remotely through their phones. Members can also arrange for the farm manager to send the ripe fruit and vegetables to their homes. At present, more than 50 types of vegetables and fruits are planted at the farm. The farm also leverages technology to ensure that the chickens and ducks reared by customers don't go missing or end up in someone else's plot. Each animal comes with its own QR code. Those looking to be fully involved in the growing of their crops, mostly from the older generations, can choose the self planting package, while young customers like Yang usually opt for the package that comes with additional services by the farm's 14 workers. The watering of plants. And professional farming guidance is provided for both options. Chun notes that many of his customers are parents who rent plots primarily to teach their kids about science and nature and how farming works. At present, 30 to 40 percent of Chun's farm area is used. As a shared vegetable garden, while about 40% is a public area for picking fruit and vegetables. The remainder is used to host leisure activities. Business has been relatively brisk. Chun says nearly 80% of the shared vegetable gardens have been leased to customers. Confident that the farming trend will only pick up, Chun is now planning to open 
four more farms in Shanghai this year. He adds, the farms will be located only about 30 minutes from the city center. Chun said when he was working at state owned enterprises, his colleagues, friends, and relatives would always discuss food quality and talk about how much they like organic produce. People are paying more attention to their health after the COVID 19 pandemic. He said this has in part made farming popular because people can see for themselves where their vegetables come from and be assured of the quality. You're listening to Special English. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing. That's the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read two of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. The annual conference of the Boao Forum for Asia has wrapped up in China's island province of Hainan. Since 2002, the Boao Forum for Asia has hosted an annual conference for leaders from government, business, and academia in Asia. And other continents to discuss the most pressing issues in the region and the world. This year's event has attracted participants from over 50 countries and regions, including the prime ministers of Singapore, Malaysia, Spain, and Cote d'Ivoire, as well as the head of the International Monetary Fund. The theme this year is An Uncertain World Solidarity and Cooperation for Development and Challenges, which reflects the shared aspiration of the international community for peace. Cooperation and development amid complex changes in global and regional circumstances. Topics discussed at the forum ranged from development and inclusiveness, efficiency and security, promoting the digital economy, to women leadership and a better education for the next generation. This is Special English. China's first large domestically made cruise ship is scheduled to be delivered to its user around the end of this year. According to Cheng Gang, general manager of Shanghai Wai Gao Chiao Shipbuilding and chief designer of the cruise ship, so far 90% of the cruise ship's construction has been completed. Engineers have begun installing inner equipment and decoration, and fine tuned devices are already mounted. They plan to move the vessel out of the city dock in June to continue the outfitting process. Chun added that after the construction finishes, there will be at least two sea trials in the summer to test the vessel's overall capability and its subsystems, and also to check whether the rooms and entertainment facilities are comfortable. China State Shipbuilding Corporation, or CSSC, a state owned conglomerate and the world's largest shipbuilder, signed a cooperation agreement on the design and construction of two 135,500 metric ton Vista class cruise ships with Carnival Corp and Fincantieri, an Italian company, one of the world's largest cruise ship makers, in November 2018. According to the agreement, CSSC will work with Fincantieri to design the ships, which will be built based on the Chinese market's requirements and Chinese tourists' needs. The project marks the first time China has built a large advanced cruise ship on its own. The first of the colossal cruise liners will be 323.6 meters long, 37.2 meters wide, and 72 meters tall, roughly the height of a 25 story residential building. 
The gigantic craft will have a cruising speed of 33 kilometers per hour and a maximum speed of about 42 kilometers per hour. There will be 16 stories of living, shopping, and entertainment spaces that will offer musical performances, art shows, and a wide variety of food options. This is the end of today's program. I'm Tony Reed in Beijing, and I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace.